My name is Robert Neville. I'm a survivor living in New York City. I haven't seen another person in three years. If there's anybody out there, anybody, please. transfer my immunity to infected hosts. I could reverse the spread. I'm not gonna let this happen. I can save you! I can save everybody! This is Days of Films Past, a podcast about the enduring legacy of cinema. Each and every week, we discuss a different movie that made a lasting impression on viewers like us. I'm James Kennedy. I'm Ellie Edwards. And on this episode, we'll be discussing I Am Legend, starring Will Smith and directed by Francis Lawrence. It's actually our inaugural episode. Let's do it. Let's do this it. This is it. This Before is the we get one. in the movie, you want to talk about why we started doing this? Yeah. All right. I'm going to shoot it at you. What made you want to do a podcast? Speaking with you and kind of getting into our daily conversations at work and realizing how much movies have impacted both of our lives, I just thought that that would have been something we both should share because I think that's universal. I actually never thought about doing a podcast or anything like it until you said, hey, you should do a podcast about movies. I mean, there's so much knowledge that you have that I would never have thought you would store that me like my sister she remembers people's zodiac signs instantly and then she remembers them by their birthday and zodiac signs you on the other hand remind me of her with movies and it comes to actors i say a movie title and you're like oh yeah with the actor i'm like how does this guy know this i decided not to store more useful information in my brain <laughs> and i got i got movie titles and 80s albums stuck up there instead of you know people's names and faces but the conversations we have with these movies and the actors and the characters the the input that you give with these actors and the, all the different movies that they're in that's something that not too many people know i think there's more of us out there than you think i mean but met a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> been around seen some things <laughs> yeah and it's fun though i like it movies we can talk about movies for a long time i enjoy it mm-hmm. i mean yeah, love movies. Kind of like a connection my dad and I had. We talked about movies a lot, and I was grounded a lot as a child. <laughs> <laughs> I spent a lot of time watching movies. That's useful in podcasts, especially mm -hmm. like this. So when it comes to movies that you know, and then I watch like The Outsider. When I watched that, I'm like, where did this guy? How come I didn't find out about this? My dad used to watch all the old fighting 
you know, Chinese movies and stuff like that, Japanese movies. Like he was always into like war movies and stuff like that. The Outsider reminded me of that. And I was like, how? It just was nostalgia. So I was like, yo, this dude got some movies under his belt that people need to hear about. We'll see if people want to. Time will tell. (laughs) Time will tell. Yeah. I'm looking forward to going on this journey. You know, if we got any input, you know, as time goes on from listeners, you know what, maybe by the time we actually record this, we'll have somewhere to put that, maybe a Facebook or something like that. We'll tag it at the end. I like it. All right. So we went with I Am Legend. Mainly, your favorite actor is Will Smith. Will Smith. And I think my favorite movie of his by far is I Am Legend. So I think it was a good choice for a first movie. Why I Am Legend? Why is that my favorite Will yeah. Smith movie? You know, Will Smith, he's like one of those actors like I like mm-hmm. a lot of his movies. But I love I Am Legend. I think it's, I don't know, made me feel a lot of emotions. When I saw it in the theater for the first time when it first came out, I was like super excited about it because when I saw the preview originally, I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. They remade Omega Man, They, you know. Yeah. And, after I Am Legend came out, I, you know, I read the book and realized that you know both of them were based off a book. But I mean, I think I Am Legend took more from the, maybe not more, but probably an equal amount took from Omega Man, a Charlton Heston movie from I think like 1971 ish. Yeah. So I was super hyped for it. I saw it in theaters, and it's actually way better than Omega Man. And it's one of those movies like when the movie ends, and it's time to leave the theater. But you don't want to get out of your you seat. You don't want to get you out of like, your seat. He's like, I want to stay in that world a bit longer. But, you know, it didn't happen. Well, I mean, the message in it and then the Bob Marley redemption song. Ooh. You had to listen through that whole. You ha- you can't just start redemption song and not want to finish redemption song. Agreed. In fact, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get more into the Bob Marley parts later. Mm-hmm. That's, in my, that's in my notes. Yeah. When was the first time you saw it? My family, we do a yearly annual go to the movies on Christmas Day. And when I Am Legend was coming out, it's just around that time when we wanted to save that movie for Christmas. So it was a Christmas movie of ours. And yeah, I watched it three times after that in theaters. But I've always been a fan of Will Smith with The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And just seeing his range of characters after that, because he came from a goofy person to I think Bad Boys was the next like thing I, I watched of Will Smith. And I'm just like, how did this guy go from super goofy funny dude to a serious but still funny guy and then he was getting out into these other serious movies even though men in black was funny and then he got into even more serious roles and i'm like this guy's range of characters is out of this world and the kind of movies he was doing always had like a little lesson in it and so i always looked up to will smith in that way kind of wanted to emulate my life kind of like that to always influence someone through characters or i don't know that's why comedy is something that hits home to me yeah will smith i mean not to sidetrack too much but now would be a good time to if you want to explain that you do stand-up comedy and some of your background in entertainment (laughs) well i'm just starting off i mean i'm coming on about to be 30 and i feel like i've always been in tune with just funny and being funny i was always a class clown kind of like the attention as well just to make someone laugh was something I always try to do. Life is too serious and we need more people to make it a little easier. So that's kind of like what I was shooting for, but never got around to it because of football. Got a little serious with that. Then I wanted to get, I don't know, comedy or being funny was something that 
I was always told I was good at. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to look into this a little bit more. Found out that it's something that I'm very passionate about. And so I just hit the stage. Agreed on the funny. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm not going to let you off the hook, though. What? Well, I mean, I imagine you're going to plug this on your Instagram, and a lot of people on your Instagram know you from what else? They know me from football. They know me for Titan Games. Titan Games. (laughs) I was a contestant for Titan Games, which was a big thing. Meeting The Rock, another childhood, you know, hero, I would say, influencer of mine, because he's someone I was growing up someone. It was something that we always wanted to look to somebody that represented us, and The Rock definitely was there his trash talk is by far the best trash talker in all of entertainment unparalleled really but i mean he's an adult hero of mine I, he wasn't a childhood hero he wasn't i mean he was wrestling when i was when i was young but i wasn't really paying attention i caught on to him as an actor and now he's one of my favorite oh, actors man. of all time i mean favorite entertainers of all time yeah i mean seeing how wrestling is so fake i swear that was real back then <laughs> i swear it was i think Growing up in the 90s, early 2000s, those are, I would say, hands down, the best wrestlers of all time. 80s. <sighs> 80s was a good time for Kane, us, too. We had Kane, Hardy Boys, The Undertaker. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior. There. Andre the Giant. See, Rowdy, I started off with WCW. Piper. Then I went to WWF. Then WWE is when I started to dwindle away when The Rock was coming down. Everybody was getting a little older. Knees were getting a little... You can see it on stage. I'm like, oh, it is fake. I mean... It probably looked better in TVs back in the 90s than mm-hmm. they does in HD. Yeah. But yeah, it was an awesome experience, the Titan Games. Didn't have the outcome I wanted, but the one thing I did want to do was to meet The Rock. And I got to shake his hand, chopped it up with him. He surprise called me and everything. So it's all over my Instagram. But it's, it was a, a moment I'll never forget. So yeah. I'm actually super jealous of that handshake that you got <laughs> from The Rock. <laughs> But for anybody that hasn't seen him, he wasn't beaten for lack of athleticism. He he was kicking ass in that department. He got his ass beat by finding a key in sand. Damn. Sand took you out, but not for lack of athleticism. You crushed that thing. Ah, uh, man. Yeah, it was pretty fun. It was fun. It was a fun experience. We'd love to do a little crack at it again, but we'll see. Who knows? Who knows? I hope so. All right. Starring Will Smith. He's your favorite actor. I think this is his high watermark for drama even though he's done strictly drama since then, but he never made me feel as much emotion as he does in this one. I will say that I haven't watched Pursuit of Happiness yet. That's my favorite movie of his. I know. It's just going to make me sad, especially yeah. now that I have a son. Yeah, I that. was putting it off and then I had a kid. I'm like, been putting it off. Everyone's like, I gotta wait till he's a little older. I just whoa, can't deal with this yet. Whoa, whoa. That's going to be a movie. I'm excited for you, for real. I know. I'm going to hold off a little bit longer. <laughs> Why? Why are you holding? Oh, just because you the just... Kid, I don't know. That's, that's a lot to unpack with emotions. You gonna watch movies, with the kid? Movie, maybe, maybe when he's older. Or you want to just keep they it to hit, yourself? Certain movies hit different, including this one. Ever since having a kid, mm-hmm. The Incredibles. When he thinks he just thinks his family died, oh. I'm like, I know the movie. I know they're fine. I still just start like choking up. Like, oh get, yeah, get it together, man. Those are the ones we remember, though. I could watch Pursuit of Happiness every day. I think I did for a week. I watched it every day for a week. I know a lot of the lines. <laughs> yeah. Seven pounds. Seven pounds was a good one, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy, Will Smith, can do it all. But this one, I Am Legend, speaks volumes because it was just mostly just him. He carried the whole movie yeah. on his own. Like, even with the monsters, they're all CG. He didn't even get it, like, you know, he didn't really get a playoff people. He's like, 
uh, one of the quotes I read that he said, it's very testing like of your ability when you have creating conflict within yourself when you can't play off another actor. I mean, I don't know how he had more dialogue with the mannequins. <laughs> Fucking Fred. <laughs> Felt so bad about Fred. And his emotions were super real, even in that. Oh, yeah. No, he gets choked up and you like, you feel it. You yeah. feel it with him. I'm like, damn it, Fred. <laughs> that was hilarious. I mean. It's like Castaway, like a Tom Hanks yeah. Castaway. Yeah, that's what he, he said. That was actually a lot of the inspiration he got for the movie was Castaway. Seriously. I mean, it's that isolation. We're going to get more into it later when we talk about settings and things like that, but that they did a really good job of making it, you as a viewer feel the isolation of this character through lots of different ways. And it's yeah. like, they did a really good job besides talking with virologists, people that psychiatrists that like deal with solitary confinement, things like that, like mm -hmm. talked about to experts on that too. Really? You know, because what happens to your mind when you have just yourself? I mean, I feel like that's me 70% of the time, just me in my mind, but the I can never convey my emotions the way he did. So I can see why he needed Yeah, what you said. Yeah. All right, directed by Francis Lawrence. I mean, I looked it up. So he directed Constantine with, mm. you know, one of my favorite people, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. But at the first watch, it didn't like it that much. But it, it's one of those movies that kind of grows with you. You like it. I mean, it's a more. lot of in-depth religion and hits a core in, in that genre yeah thematically dense with uh, everything they're trying dense. to explore yeah like, actually a pretty fairly short movie and pretty good but other than that he's mostly done like music videos like he's done like britney spears videos and i can't remember if i saw an offspring video or something this like director that. yeah hold on music videos yeah music videos i mean if it was michael jackson music videos we're talking oscar uh, it winning <laughs> it wasn't it was a michael jackson music video <laughs> all right because we're all talking right. oscar winning right there all right he did Black Eyed Peas, Pump It, Britney Spears, Circus, Lady Gaga, Bad Romance. Classic. <laughs> Beyonce, Run the World. I he mean. Did, oh, you know, more recently he did three of the Hunger Games movies. I think he did all the sequels. And I don't know if I said Audio Slave, Be Yourself. But the thing is like a lot of directors when they get out of music videos, mm -hmm. like they do movies, keep doing movies, or maybe they fall back on TV if their movie career is not working out. This guy, he seems to have... Like he kept up with the music videos, even though he fell back into some TV stuff and then did some movies. But I mean, he that's an like, arsenal of artists right there. He kept it versatile. Yeah. You will go from Lady Gaga to Beyonce to Britney Spears. That's a lot of different. <laughs> yeah, he's all over the place. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's cool, you know, just that he kept going back to music videos instead of just trying to be beyond it at that point. Stay Since he's done some movies. Mainstream. Mm. Should we get into like what the movie's about? Just the gist of it? Yeah, a little synopsis. All right. So we got Will Smith. He's playing a military virologist, and he's been assigned to New York because it's ground zero for where this virus just escapes and decimates the world. Right. Robert Neville. So The Robert Neville. The Robert Neville. The guy behind it all. Mm-hmm. He's like in the same name from actually... I found out when doing the research, they actually had a movie before Omega Man that I didn't see that one. I'm going to have to put it on the list mm -hmm. along with we're going to do Omega Man for the show. Yeah. He's fucking dope. I got I to gotta watch Omega Man. So they genetically re-engineered measles to cure cancer. And then, you know, it opens with a newscast where the, the woman's talking about how she cured cancer and then cuts three years later. We got Robert Neville riding around in an empty New York. With his dog, Sam. With his dog, Sam, in a the, Ford the dog, Mustang. The dog has a human name, Samantha. Some dogs got to have human names. <laughs> I think it's weird. 
my mom had a Dalmatian named Dylan. <laughs> yeah. What? And like a blue healer named Jesse. It is weird. You're not people. <laughs> All right, so opens in a, a New York in ruin, completely empty, grass overgrown. Very powerful scene because it's New York. If there's going to be an end of the world movie, you got to do it in New York. I think some of my favorite, favorite movies like that are. We're going to like New York later. It's in my notes. Yeah, mine too. <laughs> yeah, the, the scene starts off with this rundown New York, isolated, nothing moving except for this GT. And in, he's hunting deer. Yeah, it's cool. It's a great night. It's, it's one of my favorite opening scenes of all time. It just yeah. takes you right into this world. It gives you like the scope of it. And you're kind of just falling like, oh shit, New York's, <laughs> we're in it. <laughs> we're in it. And then it cuts into a lot of the news and broadcasting and kind of going into kind of crazy how, you know, with the whole coronavirus thing going on, it's setting us up to figure out there's what happened. Because this is, yeah, it's going to go into a crazy like making it feel realistic, like scientists do these things. Yeah, no, seeing all the quarantine signs and stuff is kind of weird right now. Mm -hmm. We're recording our first podcast, like probably a couple hundred thousand others during the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. Yeah. Different setup. We're already planning on doing ours, but we've been so busy with work since this started because other people aren't able to go to work. And then we've been stuck in the Arctic working this whole time covering for people because they couldn't get people up and they're they're still holding off on how many people are coming up yeah that's so, crazy yeah before things really took off we've been up at work this whole time we're just finally getting recording mm -hmm. yeah boredom finally struck <laughs> <laughs> you finally leave tomorrow i know i'm gonna about to see how crazy the world is outside of work yeah it's gonna be weird i don't know when you're listening to this it might be when everything's already over probably <laughs> if it's really far into the future and somehow this is still on the internet ask your parents <laughs> So opening scene, they're hunting deer, just chasing around New York. You get a really good feel for what this world is. Yeah. And then still driving around, doesn't get the deer, mm -hmm. comes across some decent for the time computer generated lions <laughs> who got his deer first. I mean, the whole lion thing, I was like, the wildlife in here, where do these lions, I mean. The zoo. Yeah. The zoo. Mm -hmm. But. That was a pretty crazy scene to see that the wildlife is, they're all over the place. Yeah, they've reclaimed the earth. Yeah. It's kind of hunter-gatherer-ish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He didn't even catch the deer. Later on, when you see his stockpile, there's no dead carcasses or anything like that. It's just Ken Goods. I don't think he's the best hunter. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's not using the best rifle, I think, for it. But I mean, it's the best rifle that he could have on him probably for, you know, overall what he's doing. But when he's going hunting, I think he should probably just have another gun. <laughs> He's got a dog. <laughs> He's got Sam. Yeah. Driving. He doesn't get his deer. He goes back home and we kind of see his house for the first time. Yeah. And we start kind of realizing how lonely he is as he's talking to his dog. Yeah. Like, eat your vegetables. <laughs> was he playing music or was that maybe the next morning when he's playing? Just the old newscasts. That was the next morning. Okay. Yeah. You kind of get a feel for this man's life of isolation and how he locks up every night with his, I read military grade, but I don't know if that's true. Everything he's, how he's locking up his house and barricading himself in each and every night, kind of locking into his actual home. Yeah. Well, we do realize it's like three years later after everything happened. So this guy's been. He's got a routine. Yeah. He's got a he's routine. He's got a very set routine. He does. The 12 o'clock radio. And I think I like that they made him military virologist because I think, you know, they played off that for his routine and how he's so just structured. Yeah. And I think that that would actually probably help keep somebody sane in a situation where 
quickly your habit keeps you going as opposed to if you're just a normal guy not structured in the same way i think you might lose it quicker yeah i think that's the part of the, in the theater where everybody was going crazy is his workout routine oh yeah he came off of ali you know when he got bigger but then yeah. this one he got cut up you're like will's jacked i wanted to do pushes right there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, was like, I was like i was like immediately like i gotta get back in the gym <laughs> And then I was like, eh, you're still not going to grow like four inches and, <laughs> and look like Will Smith. Just go get a donut. Right. That was part of his routine, his workouts. He had a treadmill up in that piece. He was doing a lot. Yeah. He was moving around. Then he gets into his going to the, was it a blockbuster, would you say? It was, was a video, it was a video, video store. store. It was a local one. I don't think it was a blockbuster. I had a porn section. I, I caught that for the first time because <laughs> the lady mannequin, he set up is like right next to the porn. Yeah. Like, so I, weird. I didn't know if he was thinking about the adult section because it was adult was right there. But then when he goes into like talking to Sam about afterwards, when he comes out, he's like, I'll say hi to her. I'll say hello to her later. I was like, oh, well, they should have kind of made that more. <laughs> we have dirty minds. That's <laughs> when we go in the movie. Uh, what's in that? It's always behind like a black door. It was weird. It was out in the open. It was out in the open. Yeah. Oh, say, that's probably not a real video store then. <laughs> New York is savages. <laughs> Never been to New York, but movies taught me there's porn shops everywhere. <laughs> me- <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like i can't wait to be 18 because i always had that 18 and older oh i know we used to the video stores not too far from where i grew up there's two next to each other small area but they're right across from a very small street from each other each had a corner and one the adult section was just a couple of bedazzled curtains like in a small corner yeah that's exactly it. sneak in there to see it and then the other one you had to go down a ramp it's like <laughs> it's like a longer lead into it. it's like yeah was this an Too risky. Yeah. I think I know. Wait. I don't know if it was before you came here. The one with the ramp is, I think it's like a swap meet or a thrift, like not a thrift store, but like some kind of swap meety thing. Southside. Yeah. Okay. Well. Video I'm City. The glitter. <laughs> video City. Oh, no. The house the, that the was family. No. Yeah. The one with family video. That mm-hmm. place closed down a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. Okay. Long time. But after that one, those closed down on the other side of the street when they built a new well, it wasn't a new building, but they put in a blockbuster there. That was probably one of the very last blockbusters in the entire world operating. Maybe the second to last, third to last. Is it still operating? Sadly not. What? I thought it was like, I don't know. There's one in Anchorage still operating. It might be the last one. The one Midtown and the one on Southside, they said they were getting enough business to keep it going at their previous like rent rates that the landlord was charging them. But like yeah. he said that their rents got jacked up. All over town so they they couldn't afford to keep open so they sold everything i mean it's hard to beat netflix <laughs> i mean netflix is getting better but yeah i'm 36 now i'm seven years older than you i still remember going to blockbuster and getting candy and a dope movie that's because blockbuster has the best candy set up i mean it's just a whole it was a whole you know experience man yeah, you could go around experience. walk around look at movies mm-hmm. feel the box and be like yeah I do the same thing on Netflix, but it's harder to make a choice because you you can just sit there. The more I watch Will, I start to realize this guy kills a lot of time. (laughs) Why doesn't he just grab all the movies, bring it to his house? He built it into his routine. It's Mm -hmm. in every, like he does it every day. He like built in that structure, even if it's things he didn't need to do. To make him feel human still, I guess. Yeah. And just to occupy, I think occupying the time in different ways kind of helps probably with the sanity. Yeah, really. Because... After three years, I definitely would have watched all those movies. Mm -hmm. We only knew one of the mannequins name, Fred. He was sitting outside. Mm -hmm. When we saw the first scene of dead things, was it the mice or the rats in the... Yeah, we saw him in his... That's when we uh, saw him him in his element. In the lab, yeah. Yeah. It was the night before. The lab. I like how he always puts his lab coat on and he's right on to business. 
Yeah, got his lab coat. He's got his glasses that are recording video. Yeah, and he's doing his self-documentaries. Or Yeah, I guess we could bring up the night before. He didn't find a complete working cure, but he found one that was ready for human trials. And I can't remember if he changed it more later. He just adapted how he used it. But So remember that later. Yeah. What else happened that day? I mean... That's the story. Just kind of, It's just a lot of the, the routine building is just like to kind of like slowly bringing you more and more into his world yeah, and, and gives you a sense of his loneliness, mm-hmm. his fragile state of mind with how things are just slowly kind of, it it's seems like he's up. got a routine, but there's a slow simmer underneath of, yeah. of you could kind of tell him losing his sanity. Yeah. You get that when he's with his dialogue with everything around him, like with Sam, with the whole mannequins and just the, how he talks to himself, even when he's in the, his lab, when he's doing his test he's like this is him he's mm-hmm. he's become this lone survivor he thinks he's the only person alive right i mean he still has hope because he goes every day and that's another point that happened actually yeah. every day when the sun is highest in the sky yeah. he's g- gonna be at the wharf there the dock transmitting and waiting for anybody that might show up that's definitely hope yeah i think he believes they're survivors but he doesn't think there's civilization left mm. i think he gave up hope on civilization he thought it was the world was too far gone to hold together Good that point. Way. Good point, yeah. Hmm. Well, and I think it was this following, was it the following night where he's washing Sam, then they're in the tub, and that's when, you know, you're really hearing him at night? Oh, yeah, that's where we get a little bit of the... the first the, flashback. Yeah, the fresh flashback, and also, like, you hear the craziness outside, mm-hmm. and, yeah. Shrieking, them things just ruling the streets, mm-hmm. which we're going to come back to that specific point of them just in mass moving through the streets, because I... I was reading some fan theories mm-hmm. that we could get into about like what people think is going on in the background. Cause you know, it leaves, it leaves a lot of questions unanswered, just kind of like what's going on in the world. Yeah. And there's, you know, about the alternate ending. We talked about it already, Yeah, but we could get into it later, but apparently that was the original ending from what I read. Well, the, the book said the original was the alternate ending, right? Yeah. And I read that the alternate ending was the original ending mm-hmm. and it, it wasn't testing well. And there's a bunch of people online talking, we, we'll get into it, but there's a bunch of people talking online how it's, superior it's more like the book and i've read the book yeah a lot of people were talking about how they liked the alternate ending because it was similar to the book you'll watch it later probably but i'm gonna go with uh, they made the right call on reshooting the ending i feel like they did too i mean the build-up of him doing that kind of was the end all you mm-hmm. know and you want to have that kind of closure with yeah. movies like this yeah i think so we can get into it later when we're just going on what works, what doesn't, and what they should have done different potentially, but yeah, I think they made the right call. They definitely did. I felt like that was the better ending. Yes, but we'll get into it. All right. All right. <laughs> so we can go off these questions. Okay. So just to the final, <laughs> we are taking forever, but next day, he's out with Sam. They're chasing a deer. Mm-hmm. Was that the same day? No, no, it's just a different day. Okay, because yeah. I just watched it last night. But so they're hunting more deer. Mm-hmm. They're still not good at it. <laughs> no. The deer runs into a building. The dog yes. goes after the deer. He can't stop the dog. Scared shitless mm-hmm. going into that building. He doesn't leave the dog. So this is how important the dog is to him. That's, this is when we get the dog's their the relationship. Only, only other being he has. That's yeah. real. Mm-hmm. So he goes into this building. You know what? I guess this is where... As a viewer, you really kind of found out what these things are anyway, what they're like. Yeah. Because they're mutants. They've mutated. But the books, they're vampires. And this one, they're vampire-like beings because they they can't be in the sun. But they're mm-hmm. also super, like, they're crazy. Right. 
Well, and then we didn't even get into the flashback. We know he has a family. We don't know where they are because he's alone now for three mm-hmm. years. So that's kind of like I mean, something. You know, we, but you know he doesn't have them. You don't know if they're gone. Yeah. Spoiler. <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this movie was out in, what, 2007? If you haven't seen it by now, why are you even listening to this? <laughs> get out of here. We don't need you here. We don't need you. But yeah. So he goes in. That's when you see these things for the first time. And he's in a, a den, a hive of them. I don't know how we want to describe how they, how they congregate. I love the buildup, too, because we want to see these monsters. And so when he goes in the dark. I put in, den. The den. <laughs> yeah, to these rundown apartments. Actually, I think that one was a bank. Was it? Oh, yeah, it was because all the yeah, money. Yeah, the, the money in the, the but vault. But it was weird because it was upstairs. Yeah, it didn't make any sense that that door led to a bank. Yeah. I don't think it did in real life. Movie magic. And then also, do they eat these animals? they eat anything? Yeah, they were eating that deer, man. I'm pretty sure we saw the head separated from the body. When we saw the group of them, they were all like just sitting there breathing hard. But the one that pretty sure was feeding on the deer in the same room Sam was. Mm. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was. There's blood. Yeah, they yeah. got that deer. I don't think they were just like. It was just one of them, though. Yeah, and I, think was it was a... the, I think it was the alpha. Mm. It all happened so fast and it's dark. Yeah, but you would think that Sam would know what to do by now. I mean, Sam's a dog. Yeah. She's a dumb dog. <laughs> she did not listen to him. Sam, Sam. I know. But she should know better. Somebody's going to be really upset that I said she was a dumb dog. Well, we kind of see how important, yeah, really important is because first of all, he's risking his life. And then later on, after they, you know, just kill sam spoiler alert oh no yeah we'll get into it Mm -hmm. you see he goes on this rampage Mm -hmm. he just like all all hell breaks loose so that is when we learn how important sam is to Mm -hmm. yeah that comes to a close later but it leads to a lot of things Mm -hmm. but so gets in a den (laughs) escapes the den barely barely has to dive out a window with a couple of them things flying out with him and burning up yeah, and then he's like, wait, I need one. Goes back. He <laughs> goes back. Hot dog cart snare. Oh, bad little backtrack. That's when we realized that, because he got bit coming out of that thing. Mm-hmm. So this is obviously something that he's immune to. He's immune to this virus, physically and airborne. Yeah, and then he's talking about it right afterwards, right mm-hmm. before he, he snares it. Letting, and Sam. Yeah, he has a little exposition talk with Sam mm-hmm. to explain to us about how he's immune, but she's not. She's immune to the airborne. She's not immune to bites. To, to bites, yeah. And then there, the the sensitivity of blood. Oh, yeah. Because he just puts his like, little vial mm-hmm. and crushes it and they come. Yep. He's really good at taking his own blood. All those tests on it, though. Yeah. He uses his own blood to come up with these serums. And what's crazy about these zombies or whatever these things are, they're all built at... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the concept what? behind them is that they've all got like adrenal glands that are acting overtime, mm-hmm. and that's why they're always borderline hyperventilating and like kind of shaking, like and because they're just completely amped up on adrenaline, and apparently it gives you a nice build. Mm, yeah, and that that's scary. I hate when zombies are super athletic, super fast. Like, there's no way we can escape this. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw World War Z. Mm-hmm. I don't like those kind. It's less realistic because they're CG. And then B, it's just, there's no way. There's mm-hmm. no survival at that point. Right. like that. Yeah. 28 well, days later, 28 weeks later, I mean, those fuckers can sprint, but they're not running on walls and shit. No, no. 
Dawn of the Dead 2 was like that. Straight sprinters. I'm like, I want the zombies that we can walk around. <laughs> I mean. If they're dead. Preferably no zombies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> preferably no zombies. So he traps one of these. Snares it out of the building. He sees something weird. It's the alpha zombie peeking out, getting burned by the sun, going pissed off. Mm-hmm. And then cut to, he's doing his little experiments on a live dark seeker is what they were, what they were yeah. calling him, the yeah. dark seeker. So he's experimenting on the female dark seeker that mm-hmm. he captured. And then he goes talking while at work and adding a note about, and we'll come back to this later in fan theories and all that, but he's discussing how one exposed themselves to light burning themselves. And in his interpretation of that moment, yeah. they've lost all like all sense of being a human they're, so they're just completely I read that gone yeah and then and that's so he has to... like no hope and that there's no hope for them as far as they're not mentally there so there's no way that these things are controllable or anything like yeah that. and then I mean we'll talk about the alternate slash original ending and there's certain themes that kind of tied in better to that that to the original ending and why that that's the flip side of the coin that we end up on the alternate ending but so just think later. Are they more or less like humans mm. than he originally thought? All right. So next day, out and about doing his rounds. It's his birthday. He's talking to himself a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Asking if his dog's going to throw him a party. <laughs> That's hilarious. The conversation that he has with his dog at this point is the use of comedy with his dialogue with Sam is what makes the movie. For it just being one-sided, they have a great banter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, now that comes out in this one, especially because it's his birthday and he's like, you're going to surprise me. Let me know. <laughs> All right. So we didn't get the development of this movie. Lots before they ended up where they're at, lots of different actors were considered because they started development of this mid 90s, mm. maybe 94. Damn. Yeah. I mean, Mel Gibson, Tom Cruise. I mean, a few other people, a bunch of directors, Ridley Scott. That's one of my favorite directors. We'll end up doing some of his movies, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was in development forever. Oh, they signed Schwarzenegger. He was like, he was the final person that before like this long process of putting it together, that's he, Ridley Scott signed Schwarzenegger. And then the movie was expensive and some of like Ridley Scott's movies, mm-hmm. they underperformed. And so did the last couple of Schwarzenegger movies. So they're just because of like how some other sci-fi movies were doing at the time. Sci-fi, yeah. They're like, eh, they sat on it. Things kind of fell apart. People went on to do other stuff. And then Schwarzenegger apparently came on as producer in 2002 mm-hmm. and that's when it was originally discussed about having Will Smith and Michael Bay Michael Bay of Bad Boys 1 and 2 and a Transformer movie another Transformer movie and I think he did a couple Transformer movies yeah he did yeah he did the Transformers mm-hmm. okay yeah that most guy. of them yeah yeah the, with the, all of them where the cars do shoot, <laughs> spin jitsu to <laughs> fight yeah <laughs> why they break dance driving <laughs> So he's originally they brought on and then things fizzled out again. Still Will Smith is the main person they're thinking about doing. And then they get the director they get, Francis Lawrence. Mm. I'm going to remember his name better later. Mm-hmm. Francis Lawrence. And then 19,000th 19, screenplay. They finally settled on what they had. Jesus. But of all the people that could have directed and could have acted in it, like I don't think any of them probably would have caught the ability to do be funny in the way he was in really sad moments. Yeah. Like that's why I think it's the high watermark of his drum work because he made sadness feel a little bit fun 
mm-hmm. just because of what was going on. He balanced it well. Yeah, he did. I didn't know that it took all this buildup just for this movie, but you can for the. I mean, because Will was, what was he doing? He was doing, he did Independence Day. That was one of his first big ones. Yeah, big ones. Yeah, I think he did the first two Bad Boys by then. Second Bad Boys, not as good. He did Wiki Wiki Wild Wild West, Jim mm-hmm. West, Desperado, Rough Rider. I wonder how free his, uh, he was able to be in this movie. Well, he'd come off Ali. You know, that's, he got a lot of recognition with that movie. That was a big movie. Yeah. And then he was supposed to film Hancock before this. And then some stuff was going on that delayed the production of Hancock. So they flipped it and had him do this one first. Whatever they worked on to get that happening, I think they hit it at the exact right time to make this movie happen. That makes sense. Okay. So yeah, we're just talking about how he's balancing out the comedy and the drama so well and got in a a tangent. Mm. If you're still listening, (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) So then we're going into the climax of it, would would Uh, you say? mm, Almost. This is where he's driving around and he sees his mannequin buddy in the wrong spot yeah and then that freaks him out i mean fred would freak me out too if he was outside not behind a counter and then he moved mm-hmm. when he he knows he's not alive but is playing tricks on him was it me they or had was the head he move? move yeah they had the head move they had the head move so it's all super creepy but it's in like if you blinked you would miss it it's a frame or something i don't know it's a partial second like his head moves i don't know I'm why they chills because i always get chills and i'm like it's a mannequin, or is, was it him? This is unnatural. The alpha male. All right, so we can get into the, the fan theories later, but mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna assume right now that it's the alpha male that put it there because he was waiting. Mm-hmm. And turns out, you know, he goes over there, freaks out, yelling at Fred, starts shooting Fred, starts looking around, shooting, shooting random windows everywhere. Yeah, you know, maybe he's trying to let light in windows. Maybe he's just full on losing his shit. Yeah, that's what I, you would think because of. You hear like little voices, kind of eerie background noise, mm-hmm. and then you're okay. He's, he's losing it. He's losing it. But I read that, but it didn't really occur to me. It's just like a high stress moment where you might be losing it because of the situation, not just like an in general, because the alpha was there. Yeah. I mean, the alpha was there waiting. One of the theories I read was that he had set the trap himself and forgot because he lost his mind so much, and he put the mannequin there. That doesn't make any sense. The alpha was waiting there with his right. with his fucked up vampire dogs. <laughs> this is a part where it's a high intensity because it's like the first time he gets any kind of something outside of his routine. Yep. And then what was cool about it, it was an intense moment. And then he's like, damn it, Fred. That, that kind of bring you down to realize, okay, it's not too intense. Yeah, the first time that his routine is interrupted is when things start falling apart. And mm-hmm. that was, I feel like that was probably very intentional on, on how they're doing it because they, they did that slow build of showing you his world and his routine. Yeah. And the first time, well, I mean, going to the den was, was out of the routine, but the first time that something outside of his world interrupts his routine, yeah, that's when shit hits the fan. Was it cliche to say that all this stuff happens on his birthday? I don't know about that, but it's just—it's definitely a bad day for what happens next. (laughs) Yeah. So he starts walking closer to Fred. Now that we're getting back on track, Mm -hmm. starts walking closer to Fred. He starts walking through a puddle where Fred's at, and then he hears something, and then he turns. He sees a car fall over a ledge, and then he's strung up in a snare. They got him like a rabbit. Yeah. Less pulleys, but Mm -hmm. the same thing that he did to the female dark seeker was done to him. And he gets knocked out. He's hanging upside down. He comes to, bleeding, 
Sam's barking. We didn't mention that he sets his watches every single day to let him know, give him enough time yeah. to get home before the sun completely mm-hmm. sets. So alarm's beeping. Who knows how long it's been beeping because it's pretty dark. Yeah, that's when we're all tense. Like, Because his routine's all messed up now. Yeah. I didn't even notice there was sun until after. Well, you don't notice there's sun until you see like the streaks yeah, of the sun. Yeah, the streaks of sun. Like it's not completely set, but it's close. Yeah. So Sam wakes him up by barking, pulls out his knife, cuts himself free. And then stabs himself. Yes. <laughs> he, he falls in a way that the knife gets deep into his thigh mm-hmm. and the handle breaks off. Then that's when all the trouble yeah. starts. He's slowly trying to get back to his rig so he could drive home. Mm-hmm. And then Sam notices something. The alpha male. The alpha male and his two vampire mutant dogs. When I saw the mutant dogs, I was like, okay, so this thing with wildlife and then the dogs are mutated, but the deers weren't. And So I was kind of like, kind of. Because they can turn. Yeah. But it's not airborne mm-hmm. for animals. It's airborne for humans. It jumped to airborne, but animals aren't susceptible to the airborne. So they have to be like bitten. Yeah. So, and that was when we see the dogs i'm like okay we're screwed this is game over oh yeah yeah vampire dogs Mm -hmm. if a i wouldn't have survived this long anyway because i'm not that guy b vampire dogs i'm gonna probably i'm gonna eat a bullet that day were they greyhounds (laughs) no they just look they just look skinny because they had no hair they're lean well most of them are pretty lean Mm -hmm. if those were like thicker dogs before they got cut up from those adrenal (laughs) pumpkins yeah and then he's crawling away which the car was like half a mile away. It was far. It was far. And he's crawling away. And we've seen this, the sun streak start to dwindle away. And then when he releases the dogs, that one sun streak is like their lifeline at this moment. Yeah. The dogs try running through it, get burned back up, and they're just snarling and snapping. Sam is still not listening to her owner because she's barking and he's like sam get over here sam's ready to defend him yeah and that's what ends up happening as soon as the sun goes away because those dogs go at him and her so she's working on on one of them he's working on the other is there three dogs yeah it was three dogs three dogs oh yeah he gets the pistol out of his suv shoots one of them and then has the other one on top of him well sam's taking out one then sam takes out the one that's over him Mm mm-hmm and then Sam has gotten scratched up and bit up. Mm-hmm. Which is not good for Sam. No. This is our weakness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like everything else on the planet besides him and the people that are immune, weakness is, is getting bit by these things. Mm-hmm. So he gets her loaded up. They're back in the lab. He puts the antidote that he had developed and was starting to... Hadn't started working on the other one yet. Because, yeah, okay, that night was the night prior when it wasn't working on the... I guess we didn't get into that. He tested on the on the human. The dark that's seeker. the dark seeker. The female tested it on her. It started to work, and then it didn't. Mm-hmm. So he tries to use the serum on Sam, but while he's holding her, singing Bob Marley to calm her down, what happens? The moment it shouldn't have been a dry eye in that movie theater. No, because Sam begins to turn, starts losing his hair, and he has to kill his best and only friend. Is Sam a girl? Samantha. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so the bitch, <laughs> the bitch was getting it. Yes, he had to choke Sam to death because she was going to kill him. Oh, man. All right. How many viewings of this movie did you cry through? I mean, he sold that scene. He couldn't even look. Remember, he wasn't looking at her. And we just well, hearing the struggle. Tears welling up. And we heard the struggle. And when the struggle stopped, I probably watched it the first three times, cried. Yeah, I'd say at least three. I'm gonna yeah, go. it was the first three times I cried. And then afterwards, I'm like... 
I don't want to watch this scene, but it's part of the, the experience. Yeah, and watching it last, I mean, it still gets me sad, mm-hmm. but not as much as it used to because what we see later, that tends to hit me more. We'll get into it. Yeah. The next day, it's the first day that starts bad for yeah. him. He goes and buries Sam in a field that he has corn growing in. This is what I had confusion with. Was it this next day or is it the same day? Same night. Oh, no. It was the, the next was day because of some, yeah. Yeah, okay. So it was. So he goes out. He buries Sam. Mm-hmm. He's driving. And he loses his shit. Yeah. He stops. He it's, just stops in night. the road. They're it's at night. It's still the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Remember, because he, he just decides, like, he stops. He doesn't know what to do. So he's losing it. Mm-hmm. He goes and talks to the lady mannequin at the video store. Oh, yeah. He's he talking has closure. To her. He's like trying to get her to say hello and just like his last chance, basically. You know, this is like he told Sam he was going to say hi. So he mm-hmm. goes and says hi. He didn't say hi back. <laughs> that didn't help him. So you see him drive to the pier or whatever where he camps up every day. Mm-hmm. And looks like he's waiting. He's got all these dark seekers kind of slowly moving in on him and then they go. Yeah. Then he hits him with the lights. Yeah. And then he's going, he's trying to take out as much as he can before he go. Was this a little foreshadow? Yeah, I mean, it, it was basically a suicide attempt. I felt like this wasn't the end of the movie, so I kind of had a feeling that he's going to make it out of it, but just didn't know how. Yeah. I he was just going to go on a rampage, and then he's going to feel better about the situation. Uh, no, he was trying to kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't going to feel better. Yeah. He was trying to get dead, but he wanted to take out as many of them as possible ahead of time, because yeah. they took Sam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then no. He's about to get ripped out the car by the Alpha, and then lights, and then... He's getting saved. He's getting driven. He says, you got to keep driving until dawn. You can't let them see where, you know, they don't know yeah. where live after he gives her the address. So he's still, he's still cautious of what needs to be done, even with his state of mind. And I'm surprised he's caring after he was, all right, he lost it. You know, I yeah. thought he was, but his, his sanity is still intact. Even well, with, while he's, even when his mind's not fully there, he's there enough. Yeah, I mean, he knew his address. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And she knew how to get there. Yeah, if I get into a major car accident caused by mutant vampires, man, I don't think I'm going to be at the mine where I could tell you where I live. <laughs> or give you other advice about not bringing them there. I don't know how she made it or is driving away from them and they did not catch her. It's all a blur, but I was just thankful they got out of it. Mm-hmm. So after he passes out, what happens next is we finally get to see what happened to his family and know for sure that they're gone. Yeah, it finishes all the flashbacks that he he's had. The final the flat, yeah. So the flashbacks been rolling through the movie, just kind of showing you his last evening, mm-hmm. and they've been here and there. You know, it's usually before like he gets lost in thought, and it might th- show part of the flashback. But he loads his wife and daughter, and they get loaded up into a helicopter. They're going to get taken to a safe zone so they can leave and you know, get to safety, he's going to stay there because he wants to keep fighting the disease. He thinks he can do it. Yeah, I mean, he started it. It was ground zero. New York was ground zero. This was his site. Yeah, that's he, his site. He's not going to let it happen. He's not going to let it happen. It already happened. <laughs> and so the Dark Seekers are attacking another helicopter, and that helicopter spins out of control up and into his wife and child. Yeah. And then he wakes up. And previously... When Sam died, that was what got me most emotional in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, married with child now, that part hits way harder. Yeah, that that part it's like you're you're fighting back the misty eye and the tears. But I think 
I mean, it had to be done that way. You had to know what he lost. You feel you're there with him. It's like you finally caught up to him and are with him in his state of mind. And then it opens up. It puts him in a different position where now we get a chance for him to build it back up because we wake up. I mean, he wakes up, but he's got a woman Mm -hmm. and a child in his house. And when he first sees him, he sees his own wife and child. Yeah. This is where we start to see his coming back into talking to another human being, having human interaction. Mm -hmm. It's Anna and Ethan. And it's just all over the place with him right now because... Well, they shouldn't have been eating his bacon. He was saving that bacon. (laughs) But she starts talking about what their plan is. He's wondering why they're there, what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And she says that her plan is she's going to go to the, the survivor's colony. Yeah. The idea of a survivor's colony upsets him because he's been alone for so long. Yeah. And he's, he accepted years ago that there is no such thing. So having her talk about it, anybody talk about it, because he's never hadn't talked to anybody in years, he loses mm-hmm. his shit, throws some bacon and scrambled eggs. Mm-hmm. She didn't pull a gun on him. She just pulls a gun out just to have it ready in case she loses it. She's very calm considering. We got to talk about this chick. I knew we would. I mean, she had some Alice Michelle. Ro- she had some Michelle Rodriguez. Like I was hoping it was Michelle, but then because I've never seen this chick ever in any other movie. So she's Brazilian. Yeah, I read that. She was in City of God. I haven't seen that since it first came out. My brother had me watch it. It's good, mm-hmm. you know. But I haven't watched it since then, so I can't rem- remember too much. But yeah, no, she got a presence. Yeah, she does. Her accent. I mean, I kind of couldn't tell what she was saying at the first because of the accent. You could tell that she was Latina. And that, that's home to me. <laughs> and then Ethan is white. Well, yes. Can you assume that's... That's not her kid. That's not her kid, yeah. No, she talks about she was on a Red Cross boat, I believe. And she was... I'm not a mission, but yeah, she was on a medical boat when all this mm-hmm. was going down that was off was the port. Was it in Maryland? I think Virginia? it was Maryland. Yeah. Virginia? Yeah. One of them eastern seaboard states. Yeah. Not so important. Might have been Pennsylvania, actually. And then this is when she was saying that she's going to this community. He's talking about how deadly the virus was. It was like a 90% mortality rate. He was giving the numbers of who would survive, the numbers of people that would survive. And then on top of that, these things are killers. Yeah. So they ate the rest of the survivors. Yes, there's no colony. There's no colony. There's nothing left. And then, so it gets tense. Mm-hmm. He excuses himself from the room, says he's going to go upstairs for a bit. We learn that this is our, our his first scene with other people right. in the present time. And we like, oh, yeah, he sucks at this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then she admits it. She, I mean, she brings it up like, you haven't had any human interaction yeah. in a long time. It's true, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely highlighted by his behavior after his freak out. And then the way he calms himself down is he comes back to and ethan's watching this is one of my favorite scenes Mm because shrek is one of my favorite movies too and that scene i actually knew it so when he was saying i was like i was saying too you really really something incredible (laughs) and them gods yeah i'm tripping like babe in the woods i really like that actually you do a better eddie murphy than he does (laughs) yeah but it's funny that that was his coming back apologizing for everything He, he thanked her for stitching up his leg and then that's kind of what confused me because he didn't stitch up his own leg. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that he didn't. Yeah. I think it's because if he decided that he was going to keep on living. He didn't. He, 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 was, he decided that he, yeah, he it's basically. A waste of time. Yeah, he decided he was going to kill himself. Yeah. So, yeah, he didn't fix his leg. She no. fixed it, got him on a cycle of antibiotics. Mm-hmm. They talk. He's down in his lab after that. She comes and sees. And that's when he decides he says he's going to cool the body down. 
Yeah. So and re- try to reinject it because they think the uh, cure might be more effective. Yeah. And then they end up going back upstairs. He has this moment with Ethan, where Ethan sleeping. is sleeping, and then he gets a hug. I mean, he takes Ethan up to the room. And and it's Ethan, like Ethan almost does, like Ethan wraps his arms around him. You know, like it was his child. Yeah. And yeah, you're feeling as you're a father too. Yeah. Feeling a lot of emotions right then. It's like nostalgia for him, I guess. It brings that humanity back. Like yeah. he's starting to feel. Didn't mm-hmm. know how to react around them. He he got better, and you could see his, after he sets him down in the bed mm-hmm. in his daughter's room. Anna's she's beautiful. What was her name? And then he goes, Marley. Yeah, her name was Marley. And he looks up and he smiles. And that's the first time, even when they were alive, that he's talked about or interacted anything to do with his family where he smiled and it wasn't sadness because the first time they're all leaving, he's crying when he's leaving his family and then he loses them. It's the first time he smiles in the whole movie, I think. When he just says his daughter's name. Mm. Well, yeah, I think he smiled when he was he was blushing when he was playing with the little mannequin. He's like, I'm going to talk to her. It was like a yeah, nervous most, tick. I don't yeah. know if it was an actual <laughs> genuine smile. But yeah, I know what you mean. It was his daughter who bring up this butterfly. Remember? Mm-hmm. Remember the butterfly, daddy? And then, then when he says her name, Marley, you know, for Bob Marley, mm-hmm. and she didn't know, she knew Damien, but she did not know Bob. Ridiculous. <gasps> What? Ridiculous. But it was it was funny that he was singing, I shot the sheriff. He was like, eh. And he kept going because he was hoping that she would know. We know he can sing better than that. <laughs> yeah. That was... He used to get jiggy with it. He mm-hmm. can sing. And then this is my favorite. I think it was one of my favorite scenes is when he was talking about the impact that Bob Marley had. Yeah, no, yeah. we might as well get into it now. We'll, I'll bring it up later. But yeah, he talked about Bob Marley's music like he was a... Spiritual He's, virologist? Yeah, he was very in tune with Bob Marley. I mean, we knew that he was playing Bob Marley and singing Bob Marley all throughout the... But I think this is what... His influence in his work comes from Bob Marley's purpose. When he says that quote, it kind of like... You kind of get why he's wanting to be, you know... Mm-hmm. Well, Do you remember the quote? I remember him talking about Bob Marley thought that you could cure hate with love. Yeah. By injecting it. With music. Yeah. Love and music. Music. And then Bob Marley gets shot. Didn't know this. A gunman tried to shoot him. And then two days later, he goes, he had a concert and he performs at this concert. And the interviewer asks why he performed. And he said, people who are trying to make the world worse are not taking a day off. How can I light up the darkness? And these are dark seekers. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get into it because... Bob Marley's greatest album, Legend. Mm-hmm. So, movie, I Am Legend. Mm-hmm. You would think maybe they got it from that and all those connections, but no. The original book was named I Am Legend. Yeah. See, not knowing about the book, I thought it was like, <gasps> this, 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 Bob Marley, the title, there's a message. I think the director really wanted the message. That's what my young mind, teenage mind was thinking when I was connecting the dots with that. I was like, the Legend, I love that. I mean, I love that album best album it could be up there with a lot of but i think i am not even into reggae as a genre but bob marley and specifically legend Mm -hmm. if i only you know when they do the top five desert island albums you know if you can only have five albums for the rest of your life and you're stuck on a desert island yeah that makes my five Mm, right it is you don't like reggae like that that just speaks volume yeah there's like two kinds of people in this world to me those who like and appreciate or love Bob Marley mm-hmm. and those 
that obviously need Bob Marley in their life. Yeah, Anna. Yeah, <laughs> they need Bob Marley in their life because obviously they don't know how to love. Yeah, what's crazy is he he talks about Bob Marley, he gets into he shares that quote, and then she kind of has this like sympathetic feeling towards him because she kind of feels like oh he's he's an emotional person here. He's like, yeah, I like that they didn't try to frame it as a love story. Yeah, but it was in a world where like there's not a lot of human connection. Was it intimate? Yeah, it was intimate, but not in like a sexual way. It was no. intimate as in humans understanding, understanding and feeling caring for other humans, especially in a world like that, man. Also, it was the first time you see science and religion, their dynamic. She's all about faith in God and this is the reason why I found you. I mean, there's got to be a reason for all of these things to come up. And then he's like, no, there's not. There's no God. <laughs> yeah, he gave up on God when he watched his, his family die. Yeah. And if you're going to do it, that's the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then so that little scene right there was a little bit more powerful than I rewatching. I'm like, whoa, it's religion and science bashing again. And then they somehow find a way together later. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's like, God didn't do this. We did. We did. Which is true. Yeah. Humans did that. Mm -hmm. Made a virus, messing around with nature. <laughs> Nature bit back. Spoiler alert, coronavirus. <laughs> Shit is real. <laughs> you had to, didn't you? <laughs> it's the best song in 2020. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. Hey, it, it, the song it, hits. It hits. <laughs> it definitely hits. Cardi B made a hit, and she wasn't even... I didn't even know who Cardi B was before I worked with you guys. <laughs> I didn't even know what a car... What, what's a Cardi B? <laughs> Bodak Yellow. Mm. So... They're having a nice moment talking about Bob Marley. She's learning about him. He's sharing what Bob Marley's legend, his mm -hmm. legacy. Yeah. And that's when all shit breaks loose because they could hear them outside. He's like, did you lead him here? Mm -hmm. Turns out she did. She did because it was like dawn mm -hmm. and she didn't listen to him when he was telling him. The sun was on the horizon. You were bleeding. Mm -hmm. Which is actually when he's saying that. He understands that they, these are not just regular zombos. No. Dark seers. Well, he, well, he they can that. set a trap. They, it turns out they could track for a certain amount. So she let him back. And he's like, oh, shit. Go get Ethan. So she yeah. runs upstairs. He turns on the lights. They're knocking over the lights. That wasn't a deterrent at it was, all. It was too late. All it did was add cool shadows of them running up at his building <laughs> and making it look really fucking cool. Yeah, you know, for a, a city in New York, there wasn't as much zombies as I thought it was. There not as much Dark Seekers as I thought it was. I mean, it was a lot. Don't get me well, wrong. We'll get into the computer-generated effects in a, yeah. in a minute. Yeah, they had to animate all them. That's expensive. Mm. I don't know if it was more expensive back then, but it was definitely expensive. And it, they originally weren't going to do it. They upped the budget to do it because I agree with the idea, like, with as physical and crazy and just insane of what these beings are capable of. It just wasn't working to try to have humans do it. Right. Like running around barefoot all day. He's like, it's not going to work. I mean, I'm sure they could figure it out now, but back then it's going all CG. Yeah. With motion capture and some of the stuff. But so they're running up. Lights don't stop them, but the bombs do. The bombs do. He has a lot of bombs. Yeah. Which, I mean, the impact of it kind of messed up his barriers. <laughs> oh, yeah. If he didn't explode the cars... They would have got in. They would have got in still? Oh, yeah. I mean, they would have just dug through the top of the roof. They dug from inside. They could dig from outside. 
True. And I mean, we'll talk about how Alpha busts right through his, his barricade door. I mean, first of all, this is the cliche part of it, I felt. This guy didn't die at all. The car and stuff like that, explosion. Alpha? Like, he's still alive. Alpha. Oh, the Alpha Spart. He stood back and let them all run in. He was a general. Well, that was for the bridge part, wasn't it? And then it I was... mean, if he's doing it at the bridge part, wouldn't you believe he was doing it at that one? True. But then he was the first he zombie was, in the, the house. He was the first one in the house. I'm going to go with held back and then is also <laughs> the fastest. Yeah, so he was the first one in the house. And then we find out how garbage this scientist Security got. is? <laughs> Security and his shot. Oh, yeah. He had an assault rifle in very close range. He should have shot the Alpha. They are quick. They are quick, but wasn't he Wait, military? Okay, well, here's one and thing, he had though. three years? Well, all right, so his ear's all fucked up after the explosion. Mm-hmm. You fuck your ear up, that can fuck up your equilibrium. Oh, you're going into the science of this. I'm I get it now. I'm making excuses for him, but I, I'm going to go with it. Yeah, but he was fast. I mean, this dude was jumping all over the place. Yep, bites him, dragging him around, throws him down some stairs. He drug him around like a dog. He body all... slammed him with his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Now, if The Rock did that, <laughs> greatest wrestler ever. So they're fighting around. He's shooting at him. He hides in the kitchen. He blows up a propane tank. He mm-hmm. comes out of the kitchen, explodes out of the kitchen. Yeah, he didn't keeps die. Missing, keeps missing his shots. Mm-hmm. Then he goes upstairs. Then he's chasing him upstairs. And then eventually goes out the window from which it came. Yeah. Goes upstairs further to save Anna and Ethan. And there's a dark seeker clawing his way up through the roof, the roof, through the ceiling, just biting at it and ripping mm-hmm. at it. Then he hears Ethan, drops down. And that's when Robert Neville jumps in, grabs the gun that was on mm-hmm. the nightstand that he sleeps next to, and then yeah. shoots that one. And then they head downstairs to his lab. He's got a, I don't know what you'd call that barricade door that steel door that he's got but it does not slow them down Mm-mm. they barely get the door closed on the lab the inner interior of the lab with the plexiglass mm-hmm. and after they get it locked up and they're you know scared that's when anna points out that the cure's working mm-hmm. the yeah because female... they're in behind the plexiglass with the woman dark seeker and her her pigmentation is starting to come through her breathing has normalized and she's showing signs of being uh, back to a human. Yeah, being back to a human. Still without hair. Mm-hmm. I mean, that does take time to grow. <laughs> I was expecting some sort of miracle cure. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't that been, that would have been dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so he realized the cure works. Mm-hmm. But the Dark Seeker is breaking his way through the plexiglass, and what happens? Well, it, this is the part that you knew. He didn't care. And it was funny because Robert was trying to tell him hey yo i can fix this i can fix this but he came in throwing his own people around just to get to the front of the room right in front of his face and he's just start banging at this plexiglass Mm -hmm. starting to break it and plexiglass is not easy to break that was very thick plexiglass Mm -hmm. i mean he just broke through a steel door (laughs) very thick plexiglass it's shattering and it's shattering in the shape of Mm, a butterfly so the, the ongoing theme we haven't brought it up every time but so there's been a theme first his daughter's talking about butterflies mm-hmm. and then you start seeing little butterflies everywhere does anna have a butterfly tattoo so he sees the butterfly of the splintering plexi mm-hmm. and then he looks and he sees with anna covering ethan he's a little butterfly tattoo mm-hmm. and in his mind there's a connection there he's like 
this is why that's the here. future. Yeah, that's why you're here. That's the future's right there in front of you. He's like, I give them the cure. Mm -hmm. So he, he fills a vial and he gives it to her and he puts them in his little, I don't not understand how that stuff, the grenade, it's very thin, sure. thin, thin steel hatch that a little down on the floor that kind of protects them. She's like, no, there's room in here. He's like, they're not going to stop. Right. So he looks at a picture of his family, smiles a little bit, grabs a grenade, is staring at them. And as the alpha is about to bust through, he jumps at the alpha grenade. Yeah, they both go at it. And he saves the cure and he saves humanity. Mm -hmm. He's like, even if they don't find other people, which, you know, the goal is that that cure can be used by other people that they might find to start bringing humanity back. So he right. saw his purpose at that point was to save what was left of humanity, which the only two people he knew was them, and then also the cure. Yeah. That wasn't the original ending or the original connection of butterflies. Mm. What was the original? So the original was, it was the female dark seekers butterfly tattoo that reminded him. And what he realized was, and I like this, I just don't like it as the ending. There's a connection between the alpha and her, and he finally puts it like, the alpha is trying to save the female. Mm -hmm. Which I still got from, actually, I still, that's still what I knew was going on with this one. It wasn't right. him just being angry. He was trying to save her, but he put the connection. It's like, he was wrong. They aren't completely mindless. They have their own emotions and their own, like, way of doing things. And they're more human than he thought. Yeah. And so he puts down his gun. He's like, offers to give the female back. So he gives the female back and... The alpha thinks about killing him and then just takes decides not to like leaves him alive and then he starts looking at all the pictures of the ones he experimented on and it hits him like a heavy wave what he's been doing to them he's the monster he's been experimenting on them and mm -hmm. taking them and you know there's humanity left in him and he's been treating them like they're just you know lab rats lab rats so that hit him hard i like that but what I don't like, I know he still had information for the cure, you know, that he didn't need that one anymore. But I feel like him sacrificing himself for the cure to save humanity, that's his legend. Instead of trying to make, like, that's his legacy. And that's how they framed it. I like the way they framed it. Mm -hmm. But in the original book, it's, and it makes more sense, like, in the book. Because the book, they weren't scary like they are in the movie. They mm -hmm. weren't eating people like they are in the movie. Like drag, they were like vampires, right? Yeah. But there's some that were more advanced and less brain dead than others and they had their own society and they actually were normal so it turns out not normal but they had their own society so it turns out he was killing thinking creatures like a bunch of them while they were sleeping you right. know and they were hibernating during the day yeah so in that storyline that makes sense but when they're monsters that are just insane and just going around killing anything they can it doesn't they really... need to be stopped yeah it it's not as important no i don't care if they they're the have, I, I don't care if they have emotions they need to be gone yeah otherwise humans will never be able to come back and flourish yeah i mean i'm not saying it's it's scary we're more important than them yeah maybe not in the book when the vampire creatures had a society but in this movie it showed what was more important yeah the ending that they ended up using though yeah she takes the cure she finds the colony we know humanity is going to be restored yeah and there's like a whole group of them mm -hmm. then redemption song plays mm -hmm. <laughs> and you have to sit Great there ending. I was tired last night. I turned it off before the song ended. I actually felt weird about it. <laughs> I closed the laptop. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> All right.
So we've been talking long enough. I mean, this is our first time. People are going to be fucking sick of us by the end of this, I'm guessing. <laughs> so we're going to skip back some of the stuff we kind of already kind of touched on. And yeah. we talked about butterflies. Mm-hmm. You know, these are questions that we're thinking after the movie. Yeah. Is Neville the monster in the Dark Seeker's eyes? I mean, that's what was from the book. I think mm-hmm. they kind of were going to frame it more like that. He was a monster in a way in the original, if he was experimenting on them. So in his eyes, he was. But in theirs, there's theories online. They're like, no. They knew where he lived the whole time, mm-hmm. and they were just so afraid of him, which is, that's from the original storyline. No. If they knew where he was the whole time, mm-hmm. that guy was pissed. They would have gone there the first night. Right. They wouldn't have set up traps. They would have gone to his home, and they would have got the female back yeah. or killed all of them. That yeah, he just messed with the wrong dark seeker. Yeah. So they didn't, but they, you know what I'm saying? Like, they weren't afraid of him, because as, mm-hmm. as, as soon as they see him their instincts take, like, they're about that kill. Yeah. They're not afraid of him. The alpha male, he just messed with the wrong queen. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, hold out for men like that. Hold out for that king, queens out there. <laughs> Shout out to all those kings holding on their queens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I've spent way too much time on Reddit in the last couple months. <laughs> when you start referring to your girl as a queen, you know the kind of people you hang around with. <laughs> we don't have any listeners yet, but I think we just lost one. <laughs> I say that. (laughs) I say that. I don't like the way they're judging me. (laughs) No, no. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah. Me too. (laughs) All right. So we talked about all this already. And like, we might change our format up as as we go along. This is our first. It's a dry run, people. We can can chop it up. You want to compare dopest scenes? Did you have anything you want to bring up that we didn't talk about as far as that section about anything Mm. that made you think of the world differently or anything like that? Well, yeah. I think the overlying theme was... The perspective that scientists hold the future of humanity. You know what I mean? A little bit. Right now, we're looking for a vaccine for this virus. And the only people that have that information are scientists. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. In the movie, though, it was science is what did it. Mm -hmm. But then finally, one man fixed it. Right. One scientist did. Now, though, yeah, it's, come on, scientists. (laughs) Right. But he was the cause of this. So, yeah. It's just man's flaw. We try to perfect everything. Or fix everything. And at the end of the day, we're also the cause of everything. Mm-hmm. That's definitely explored. I like that. All right. I want to compare what we think are the dopest of scenes. I mean, Do you want to go first? I kind of already talked about my dopest scenes. Me too. But what, what do you got? Let's compare notes. Well, definitely the mannequin scene. Okay. And because it was part of the when, the, when the good stuff started happening or the, all the crazy stuff started happening. What about you? I mean, I got the opening deer hunt. I think it's a great opener. It really brings you into this world. Mm-hmm. I got when Neville has to go after Sam when he goes into the den of Dark Seekers. Super, super Both, crazy. I mean, every single time, like I've seen this movie, I don't know how many times, every time he go, has to walk through that doorway. And really? Like, I get like really tensed up. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, because he's doing the flashing with the flashlight. I know, and- it's fucking scary, man. For a non-actual horror movie, horror movie. That shit's scary. So have you played Resident Evil, the first game ever? I'm not a big video game player. All right. Well, Resident Evil, the zombies in Resident Evil look like these things. It was like a Resident Evil nostalgia moment. I liked the first Resident Evil movie, and then I stopped watching them after how bad the second one was. The games were, I don't know how I played the game for so long, but it was it was always scary. Oh, yeah. Those games were House of the Dead and Resident Evil. Like when mm-hmm. you played the arcade versions, it was intense. Yeah. So this was when he flashed the light. And the, the dark seekers you see, that always gets me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's scary. Yeah. And there's a bunch of them. Oh, it's 
the scariness. Whatever they And that's what they did good, though. Most of it was shot in the day, and it was showcasing how like kind of beautiful and serene mm-hmm. New York's become during the day. Yeah, like, it made it made New York nice I, during I like, the day. I want to piggyback off that with product placement, like McDonald's and stuff like that. It's kind of like, damn, a bunch of fake movies, mm-hmm. some fake Warner Brothers property movies, but they sequels. They, they're using like actual, I mean, product like McDonald's and stuff like that. Yeah, this is, is real. This is real. Yeah. They did it natural. It's become much less so in the last 13 years since this movie came out. Yeah. It's a little bit more blatant. That one, it felt more natural. Mm-hmm. For my third one, I got When the Tables Are Turned and Neville is ensnared in the Alpha Dark Seekers trap. Just that huge turning point yeah. in his story of the film. Just the way things were turned on him. And that's when he started realizing, oh shit, I was wrong about these things. Mm-hmm. All right. So. The scene with Anna and Ethan, that whole part of the movie where he's he relearns how to be a human with humans. Yeah. I mean, it comes right after the death of his family in mm. flashback. Yeah. So it's at his lowest point that we catch him and we kind of, we're with him, mm-hmm. you know, we're relate to him. We, yeah, it's family. That's when they start building back up and with the humanity. I'm like, I thought they did it. They timed everything well, especially when they spaced out the flashbacks yeah. and built up to it. I think they did that well. They definitely did because it was a story within the story. Yeah. We and love those. We love them. Neville's sacrifice. A lot of people reading online, like everybody's talking about how it just really falls apart in the third act, you know, or the, it just really staggers. But I think yeah. the ending of his sacrifice is really good. It's a bittersweet, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just like, God damn it. Give it, give the grenade to her. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we like you, Anna, but not as much as Neville. I mean, come on. He's a scientist. He knows everything about these things. But he still managed to save yeah. the cure. Well, because I think this is where he's able to help her. The debt's been paid. Mm-hmm. She saves him. He saves her. It's like that's the reason he survived, though. And he, what, he didn't go out with his family. Mm-hmm. That was the reason. Yeah. Right. That was a tender moment. So we got a section we call key ingredients or what things were instrumental in making the movie work. Mm. We actually touched on a lot of it. Yeah, we did. And it's going on forever. But we didn't really touch on New York yet. Mm. Originally, it was going to take place in LA like the first movie did. And then... They had a version of the script that took place in San Francisco. San Francisco, I think, is better than L.A. Yeah. And it works in a lot of the same ways as New York does. But, I mean, I've spent a lot of time in in San Francisco with how tight all the streets are and Mm -hmm. and everything there. Just how open New York is, but also the tall buildings. It somehow makes makes the isolation more real. You know, when he's going around that city alone, it just shows how small he is and how separated he is. It's the city that's, I would say the busiest city the city that never sleeps it's the most famous city in the it's world the, it is the statue of liberty there that they they yeah. had they touched up on that but when they blow the bridges like he's on you know he's on manhattan mm-hmm. island they blow the bridges there's the one way in but he's it just shows when the when he's looking at the blown up bridges somehow new york makes it seem the scale of his loneliness yeah, this, it like yeah. highlights it but it's also super beautiful so I i've seen that. many movies with abandoned versions of la and Crumbling and abandoned New York just plays out better. Mm-hmm. Ooh, we're gonna watch Night of the Comet. It's a zombie movie. It's a zombie movie, you told me. Yeah, but it has an abandoned LA, and it's it's peaceful. You know, it's nice, but mm-hmm. it's not. It doesn't feel as lonely. Yeah, it's the, not on film. It kind of goes into the cinematography because the lighting and stuff like that. It wasn't as much dark moments because it's most of the action is in a day for for good reason. If he, yeah, he, he doesn't Neville. want to die. Yeah, so I like how that. Because of how peaceful it is and how it's always daytime. It's what you don't expect to be something that's... Because a lot of scary movies, a lot of zombie movies, 
nighttime is where everything happens. This is too, but it's mostly the daytime where we get to see Robert in his routine. routine. I mean, that was intentional. They wanted New York to be peaceful and beautiful during the day mm -hmm. to show, you know, what it could be like, you know, in a situation. Yeah. But it also is that dichotomy and contrast to how scary and terrible mm -hmm. it is at night. New York was a good choice on their part, it, but it did make filming a lot harder. It's more mm -hmm. expensive. Logistically, closing down all the streets is crazy. Will Smith said he, he doesn't think he's ever gotten the finger so many times because of the people that were like getting rerouted around traffic and everything. <laughs> the way they convinced him to shoot in New York is the director took his camcorder out and filmed some stuff. Mm -hmm. And then he removed people and posted just to kind of show what it looks like. And that's what got the studio to sign on to it. Yeah. Great place. Great location. You been? Never. Never. Me neither. Why? I'm a West Coast guy. I want to, but it just never felt like the right time. The farthest east I've been is Nashville. Nashville's cool. Yeah. The farthest east I've been is Washington, D.C. And actually, I'm kind of like low-key scared of New York. It's like Japan for me. I'll go there. I have Japan's to... not scary. No. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me try to say it. Oh, the you farthest know, east I've been is Japan. You... <laughs> that's, that's east. Yeah. I went the other direction, though, so it didn't feel like the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's just like, you know, it's like a whole different world. You have to like, you're going to get lost if you don't know. Yeah. It's, and now it's like, it's like one of those times, like I'm going to need more time than mm -hmm. just like a pass through. I want it to be the right time. Now it's my kids. I'm like, I'm going to wait till my kid could take care of himself a little bit better. A little bit of it is we know that New York is big. A lot of movies use it because of what it's worldwide known for. So a lot of the bad stuff happens there. And I'm like, I don't want to be caught on one of those bad days. Well, they've cleaned it up a lot since the 80s. At least that's what I've heard on TV and in movies. Because <laughs> we haven't Have you seen gone. Friends? I mean, it doesn't seem that bad. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're going to watch Escape from New York. You're going to love it. All right. That was like the height of shitty New York. I mean, it was mafia and all that, right? No, way different. Oh. So we'll get into it more later, obviously, but... They turn New York into a prison because it's such a shithole. They're like, let's just blow the bridges and put people in there like a prison. Damn. And it has, you asked me who my favorite actor was, and it took me like a day to get back to you. Mm -hmm. Or four. But yeah, Kurt Russell. You're going to love it. All right. All right. What didn't work? For me, it was the CGI, man. Was it, was it the lion that guy? <laughs> no, it was, well, the lion's worse, but it's the Dark Seekers, man. They look mm. cartoonish in HD. I think it passed better before because, I was, you know, you watch it on DVD. Yeah. It's not even close to the same level of detail also the dark seekers kind of had the mummy the mummy vibes you yeah, know it's the, the they look, return they look rubbery yeah they look rubbery and you couldn't tell there was just one race of zombies yeah i think that virus really sucks the melanin out of their skin <laughs> they fixed obesity and they fixed racism <laughs> outside of these cancers and they took the fat and the melanin away from everybody <laughs> or i mean i was thinking i was like wait a second did it only take white people and then the white people <laughs> ate everyone else? Right. So, like, oh no. Mm -hmm. Let's not get into it. <laughs> I think it's better than using real people for a lot of the action scenes when they're getting crazy, but I feel like they could have mixed the two somehow, which mm -hmm. I think if they were to do it now, they'd probably do that, but I think they might do it. And then one thing that I didn't like is they never explained how they tracked him. How did they know about Fred? Right. How did they know he's doing Fred? Like, did he send out tons of dark seekers and have them in every building in the area around them so mm -hmm. they can kind of get a view of where he goes but it was like the very next day is when they moved fred i'm like so that doesn't work the very next day fred was moved yeah have you ever seen the youtube i mean i'm not trying to broadcast anyone else's stuff but uh, it was like oh, hey, anything that. that cool 
anything that goes wrong, all the things that went wrong with the movie, there was a lot of that in bringing up the whole Fred thing. Yeah, they had to be tracking this dude for a long time now. So they were aware of this dude because it wouldn't make sense that just the next day, because he didn't go to the movie. I mean, he didn't go to that. Like, was his home far enough? I feel like if they knew more about him, they would have got him that night, though. Because mm-hmm. as soon as they had a zero in on his house, they were fucking on it. Yeah. So those are just those are those things that are just never going to make sense to me. Well, the, the one thing that didn't make sense to me was the play of wildlife because they eat wildlife, right? So, but there's still wildlife out there. So if they didn't eat everything, you know what I mean? They had dogs, but they don't have lions as like a a form of weapon. All right, so because of the sun thing, mm-hmm. they got to stay in places where they can naturally be out of the sun mm-hmm. during the daytime. So like being out in like non-cities area, that means they got to like find caves or some really good coverage. And I right. think that's how they kind of justify them. Wildlife is just like creeping into the city. And each time it, when wildlife creeps into the city, it's, it's not good for them. Mm-hmm. Except for lions, obviously, they know where to go during the day. Another thing that uh, I didn't like was one of his flashbacks when he was going through and then his wife got scanned and then she came out negative. It showed what his power was, what his authority was whatever it was they pulled guns on him though it almost it could yeah. it could have gone the other way yeah but then if she went negative and then turned positive everyone over there oh, yeah. <laughs> would have been that test is broken yeah that shit was been i would have been one of the people in line like what it would have been a lot of a lot of that going on yeah no if they come out with the covid19 eyeball test shit's gonna be fucked. so I, I would say they shouldn't even have had that negative i don't know why they that negative test and then turned positive I guess it's always a flaw in yeah, to show the flaw in the system, I guess. Yeah, and then I guess. that moment to show what he's willing to put himself in for his wife, you know, it kind of, yeah. it's, a, it's character building. What do you got? You got anything that we didn't touch on for what doesn't work? No, I kind of touched it as we were talking about a lot of stuff. They're three years and then he had a lot of time wasted. Yeah. But then this could have been 15 years and he would have been doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, unless Sam died of old age at like 14 years. Another thing is, this is three years later, so the zombies are still they're, they're surviving. Yeah, they're like vampire-like creatures that mm. have a wicked high metabolism that want to eat, but don't do nothing for them. Right. Because obviously they don't need it. Mm-hmm. But they're lean as fuck, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would be funny if you were obese and you want to get bit and then get cured later. <laughs> yeah. Body by alpha. <laughs> he bites you and you just get really just yoked up problem is you got to follow them the rest of eternity yeah <laughs> got a question like should it be remade should they do a late sequel should it die i don't think they should remake the movie i do think that they should do like a series i think it could be done i think like you think so i think it could be done a sequel i like it i just don't or think remake. Gonna, i don't i don't know if it'll live up to it they were planning on doing a prequel Ooh, i would like that and yeah, just never i don't think it ever got completely off the ground would you think it'd be too late to use will smith again in the prequel? I think he's less busy than he used to be, so maybe he'd be down. I'm talking about his age. He's, is he timeless still? Because if you I do mean, a prequel, if he, he can does... be, If he can be a blue CG dummy. Wait a second. He just yeah. played mummy and a genie. That's what he was. He just played, it wasn't great, obviously, but he just played 18-year-old himself or whatever in that yeah. clone movie. Mm-hmm. The Gemini Man? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. So, I mean, that it's doable. Mm-hmm. A question what's the film's legacy what did it leave behind for us personally and for the world what do you guys say i don't know left a high bar for vampire zombie movies for me i mean i'll rewatch it now it's got a lot of things that yeah i don't think necessarily always work but 
it's one of my favorite movies. So it's one of those ones that's, if it's on TV, mm-hmm. I Am Legends getting watched. <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorite movies. Like, you know, it definitely makes top 20 probably. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot, you know, I got yeah. a lot of movies I love. Maybe top 25. But, <laughs> I don't know. I have a lot of emotions with it, you know, that loneliness of losing your family. I think about that stuff constantly now ever since mm-hmm. I had my son. One of the reasons I'm doing this, you know, I don't have my dad anymore. So I think, you know. Oh, after you brought up the thing, doing a podcast, I'm like, I wish my dad had done something like that because then I'd have something to kind of, like I could hear his voice, things like that. My kid, if I'm gone or anything, you're listening to this, I love you. Aww. So I just thought about that, but like, I don't know, the movie, I don't know, it's this explores like things I think about all the time. How do you lose a child and how do you keep going on and Will Smith's performance and it just kind of makes you feel all that. Yeah. Even before I had kids, but after having my son, it's Great completely point. different. Great point. You know, that's what's cool about kids is that you can watch a movie and not fully get the capacity of these characters until you actually relate to them in certain ways. As we do this, we're going to find a lot of that because there's a lot of movies from my childhood that you're going to end up watching and you're like, oh man, it hits hits different. Dang. Oh yeah. So we're going to do some movies that we both love, but we're going we're gonna to do some cross-pollination of movies. <laughs> some of these are going to be first for each of us. So that's yeah. cool. A lot for me. A lot for you. <laughs> my list is bigger than yours. Oh my gosh. Hey man, how many movies we have so far? We keep doing this for a few years without losing steam. Mm-hmm. We didn't explain it at the beginning, but if anybody's still listening, we decided Days of Films Past, we're going to do movies that, I guess we could have got into it early, but screw it. Days of Films Past. We're going to do movies from our past. So movies for modern classics even are movies that still mean something to us. We got to let it be around for at least five years of us watching it for years. it to be... Yeah to consider it for like a movie that has changed us, you know, or left a, an imprint on us enough. So that it's got to live with us for a bit. So at least we're not going to be doing any new, new movies. I'm waiting for some newer movies though. So we could do it after the five year mark. Yeah. After the five Hell years. or high water, man. We're doing that as soon as it hits five years. Cause you're going to love it. All right. But never watched it. We'll have some ways to get in contact with us. By the time this posts, we're going to have, if we don't set up a website or a Tumblr page, we'll definitely have a Facebook and Instagram. So hit us up. Let us know if you liked what we did or if you have any advice on how to make it better because you saw a lot of flaws. That's cool too. Yeah. Or if you just want to tell me that you hate my voice as much <laughs> as I do. Yeah, that goes for two of us because I hate my voice too, but we're doing it. We're doing it. Yeah, man. This was fun. All right. Any suggestions? Find us, even if it's just say fuck off. <laughs> I'm James. And I'm Ellie. We'll see you next week. <laughs>